this is the start of the 2023 summer scouting season. I am excited. I am digging into the running backs here on this first episode of Summer Scouting on the Rookie Big Board. My name is Matt Hicks, the FF Educator, and I am your host as always. On this episode, we're going to be breaking down four running backs. In total right now, I have eight scouted. I've moved on to the wide receiver, so I figured I'd break down the running backs in two parts. I thought it would be fun. Oftentimes, the big backs, the big guys kind of get second notice, put on the back burner, but the big running backs are often the ones that profile to fantasy football success. So I wanted to start and highlight four players here that are a little bit more uh, leaning towards profiling towards being uh, power-based runners. Now, some of them are power and athletic runners, and some of them kind of profile a little bit more in the power situation here. So I'm going to be running through four guys. Before I get into it, just want to give folks a little bit of an overview of the point of summer scouting. It's to give you an idea of what to look for heading into the season. It gives you some background on a player. These profiles will change. These tape scores will change, but it gives you a really good gauge if you're playing Debbie right now, if you're just getting a head on your 2023 picks, want to get an idea of where your value is, or you're just overly fired up for the college football season like me, let's go ahead and get into it here. No surprise, we're going to start at the top here, Bijan Robinson. Man, I am excited about Bijan Robinson. I talked about him a little bit on the last episode of the Rookie Big Board here, but I'm going to really get into it here. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, I would love to know your thoughts on all of these players. Drop it in the comments. If you're listening, you know the drill. Let's chop it up in the Discord. If you want to get in on the Discord, it's patreon.com slash the FF Educator. Just $3 a month gets you access to the Discord, to the full summer scouting reports for all of these players. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, you can actually see me looking off of my other screens here. I'm reading off of the scouting report in the tape notes that you would have full access to. So without any further promotion, let's get into it here. Bijan Robinson, a little bit of background here. This guy has been the real deal for a while. A five-star recruit, the first overall running back in the 2020 class, 15th overall prospect in the 2020 class. In fact, 247 Sports has him rated all time as their 294th recruit. These rankings go back about 20 years, folks. So he is a top 300 prospect for them over the last 20 years. That's pretty good. I don't always throw the 247 comp around because you all know how I feel about comps, but I think they have a really sharp comp for him, and that's Alvin Kamara. He had 21 offers, including Ohio State, including Alabama, including USC. These schools we kind of think of as running back powerhouses. He chose Texas out of the state of Arizona. So let's talk a little bit about his tape. Overall, it's excellent. <laughs> In one word, it's excellent, folks. He's smooth. He's powerful. He has the ability to make an impact in between the tackles and through the air. He explodes off the line of scrimmage. He bursts through the first level of the field if he's given space. He has quick feet. He has lateral movement ability. He closes space quickly around the field. He can turn upfield on the dime. When he sees a lane, he hits it, and he hits that hole hard. When you're looking at his top strengths right now, his highest-rated trait on the rookie big board is actually his pass-catching ability. Folks, it's wild, right, because that's not what you think of a Bijan Robinson. But I am telling you, I am so excited 
for his pass catching ability. And quite frankly, I mentioned this in the last episode, but it's worth repeating. When you watch Texas Live, you don't really understand how involved he is in the passing game. But they line him up as a wide receiver. He has actual route running ability. It would rival some of the wide receivers in this class. He runs a nasty post route. He can run an effective slant route. He has consistent, reliable hands. And it feels weird to start with B. John Robinson's tape and talk about his hands. But that is a difference-making trait in fantasy football. And that's why I mentioned 247's comp to Alvin Kamara is really on point for me. Because I think he's going to be used in a similar uh, Alvin Kamara-type role, right? And that is very, very good for fantasy football. Uh, his explosiveness, though, is also very, very evident on his tape. He bursts not only off of the line of scrimmage, but he gets to that second level of the field very well, right? When you're looking at explosiveness, part of it is how quickly you get off the line of scrimmage, that pop, that burst. That's what a lot of people uh, hone in on, and for good reason, right? It sets you up for success on the run. But I love looking for that second gear. How can you get through the second level of the field when you're given space right off the bat, right? How do you take a seven-yard run and make it a 50-yard run? And Bijan Robinson has that ability. And, of course, he is a powerful back. And he's 6'0", 215, right? And so, actually, I believe size-wise he's the smallest back we're talking about today. And you'll see the other ones are a little bit more um, – I don't want to say one-dimensional, but I will say strength and power focus, right? So Bijan Robinson, 6'0", 215, he has a little bit more of that versatility. Would not shock me if by the time it gets to combine season, he's playing at 225, right? He really has it all. In terms of his strength, I mentioned earlier, he's a power back. He's willing to hit the hole hard, and he can move defenders forward. He fights through the end of runs. He has a tenacity to his running style, even when he's stuffed. And he can be an effective goal line back for folks. So he really is the full package. All right. So that's not every little bit of Bijan Robinson, but that should give you a pretty good background here. And that's what I'm trying to accomplish on this episode. All right. Let's dig into, I don't know if controversial is the right word, because around the Debbie community, folks are actually pretty high on Sean Tucker, the running back out of Syracuse here. And with Sean Tucker, you're looking at a solid freshman season for him. He ran the ball 137 times in nine games. He had 626 yards. He had four touchdowns. That was a good freshman season. Now, Syracuse really fed him the ball in 2021. The passing game was not working. It was not clicking. And they let him run the rock. 246 carries in 2021, 1,496 yards, 12 touchdowns. Now, he did add 20 receptions, 255 yards, two touchdowns through the air, right? So that's nothing to shake your head at. That's not terrible for somebody coming in at 5'10", 210. Now, it'll be interesting with Sean Tucker this year, and I feel like folks aren't really honing in on this. We did have a change in offensive coordinator at Syracuse. I think they're focused on wanting to get back to the passing game, a little bit more balanced of an attack. So will he get 250 carries again? I'm not sure, but the bottom line is Tucker is a big body back and he has enough upside to make him worthwhile of being on your fantasy football radar. Now, let's dig back into his recruiting background a little bit to give, you know, some good background here. He's a three-star recruit, so we're not talking in that same tier as Bijan Robinson, but still a, a good, solid three-star recruit. He was the 58th running back and he was the 867th national recruit. In his class, he was 27th out of the state of Maryland. 
I'm going to give him a shout out because he went to Calvert Hall, which is in Towson, Maryland, used to live there. So a particular shout out there to Sean Tucker in his high school. He had five offers uh, at the D1 level. All right. It was Air Force. It was Kent State. It was Rutgers. It was Wisconsin. And of course, Syracuse. Now, I like talking about offers at certain times because it gives you an idea, right, of the type of programs that are interested in a player, and it can help you build that profile without necessarily even seeing the player, right? So as we're working through this description of the tape background, I think it's going to make a lot of sense that Wisconsin was interested in Sean Tucker, that Air Force, who remember runs the ball a ton, was interested in Sean Tucker. So let's get into it a little bit here. I have his current NFL draft projection, by the way, as day two late. Forgot to mention it with Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson right now is in day one mid to day two late. So that's that 20 to 50 range. And for Sean Tucker, uh, that day two late range is 50 to 96 right now. Once those comp picks get added, there's usually low 100s, but pick 50 overall. Anything in the first two days, folks, that's a good projection, right? That's fantasy football upside. But let's talk about the strength here with Sean Tucker. Another power back. He displays aggressiveness. He displays good contact balance with every touch. He powers through defenders. He finishes forward often. Now, on top of that, Tucker, he's light on his feet. He displays solid lateral agility for his size. He's a one-cut runner. He has the ability to turn upfield and burst past a first down marker. Now, he's not speedy off the line of scrimmage. He's not necessarily the quickest player here, despite displaying some lateral agility, right? We're talking about the definition of a downhill runner. He builds speed well moving downfield, and I think it's enough acceleration to be competitive at the next level. But if Sean Tucker doesn't come in and blow away the 40 time in the combine, folks, please do not be shocked, right? Now, it'll be interesting because he does play a little bit more as a power back, but at 210, we're going to have to see him bulk up a little bit to be a pure power back at the next level. So I'm a little worried about that in-between status there with Sean Tucker, but when you see him play, he plays big. And when you watch the tape, you're not necessarily worried about it. Now, the downside here, I'd like to point out, by the way, uh, in summer scouting in particular, you know, you could call it a weakness, but it's kind of fun. In summer scouting, you could get away with calling it just something to look for in 2022, right? Because players improve, right? Players change over the course of tape. They're supposed to. They're supposed to improve. That's one of my favorite things about players when I see that improvement over time. And so for Sean Tucker, what I'm looking for this season, he looks a little too hesitant to me at times, right? It makes me question the way he sees space around the field. At times, he looks really out of control running the ball, right? You can actually see on tape a few times, he's almost falling forward. So although he's got great contact balance, you worry about him running out of control sometimes. And I mentioned it, he lacks that game-changing speed. I don't think we're going to see more speed, but we could see him a little bit more under control, a little bit better vision here this season. And granted, it was a tough offensive line situation, right? So he had to work with, uh, he had to do a lot with the little there. Uh, and by the way, if you're not following Sean Tucker on Twitter, it is you absolutely must. He tweets out his reaction to, to his stats after every game. And it's just an absolute, you know, like feel good part of Twitter. It's such a fun part because it's such an upbeat, positive approach. Even when he has a bad game, he tweets about it, but kind of in an upbeat, positive way. So, uh, you know, I have an injury slash red flags tab uh, as part of the scouting report. And I said uh, no red flags, but I had to point out he has a fantastic Twitter game. 
Now, Sean Tucker is really interesting to me. I dropped a poll on Twitter at the FF underscore educator this past week, and I asked for a Devi check value where Sean Tucker, who's you know really popular, really gaining momentum after his last season, and Zach Charbonnet. And I believe the final was like 73% Sean Tucker, 20, you know, whatever the opposite is of that on Zach Charbonnet. And I kind of knew that's where he was going. And it was a little bit of a leading question, I'm going to be honest, because I actually have Zach Charbonnet higher rated on the rookie big board rating right now after summer scouting. He's got a better pure tape grade for me. So Zach Charbonnet right now is a 7-4. Sean Tucker is a 7-3. So they're close. But I want to point out a little bit here about Zach Charbonnet because I think he's being underrated. I felt like that for a while. I'm sure if you follow me on Twitter, you understand that stance. So let's talk a little bit here about Sharb. He was a high four-star recruit. So again, if we're talking one-to-one with Sean Tucker here, higher scouting, uh, higher uh, prospect uh, recruiting background, 46th national. He was the fourth running back in the 2019 class. He was the eighth player out of the state of California from Oaks Christian uh, High School there in California. Now, he does not decide to stay home despite getting 25 offers. UCLA was one of his offers coming out of high school. The other finalists there were Arizona, Arizona State, and Boise. He ends up going to Michigan, right? And as a true freshman at Michigan, this man hits the ground running and looks good. 149 attempts, 726 yards, 11 touchdowns. A true freshman, folks, hitting the ground for the Wolverines. And everybody was in on him, right? And then he has the weirdest sophomore season for the Wolverines. They only play him 19. They only give him 19 touches. Really no excuse or rationale given for that. 124 yards. He averages 6.5 yards a rush. He gets a touchdown. By the way, that that was a really good touchdown. I I can still picture it in my head. So after kind of getting oddly ghosted or whatever you want to call it uh, at Michigan, Sharp decides to hit the transfer portal. He goes back home to UCLA, one of the top teams, you know, in his initial recruiting. And he is a perfect fit in that Chip Kelly offense. He runs the ball 203 times in 2021 for 11 37, 1,137 yards, 5.6 yards per carry, and 13 touchdowns. By the way, folks, adds on another 24 receptions for 197 yards. That might not sound like a lot, but in the UCLA offense, 24 receptions is actually fairly significant, right? All right, so let's talk about also, by the way, uh, Under Armour All-America game invitee, Pro Football Hall of Fame World Bowl invitee as a recruit. So a lot of positive going on here in the background for Sharp. Just like Sean Tucker, I haven't projected as a day two late draft capital right now. I think some folks may view him as a day three player right now, which is why he's a little bit lower. Now, I will say, in all in all fairness and all honesty, and I'm excited about Sharp, a lot of folks thought he might declare for the 2022 NFL draft instead of waiting for 2023. So without any context clues or inside information, what I would deduct from him not declaring for 2022 is that he got a return to school grade from the NFL draft committee. And again, I have no idea if he explored that. Most prospects would at his level, or some folks explore that and still want to come back and play another season, right? Like UCLA is building momentum and he had a very successful season. So digging into his scouting report a little bit, really exciting combination of size and athleticism, 6'1", 220. So 
So again, good size here. He has a rare combination of fantasy football traits that really match my model and help him pop as somebody who I've consistently been high on. He's explosive, right? He's a very explosive, explosive back right off the line of scrimmage. Good burst through the first level of the field. He matches that with good athleticism. He's very light on his feet for his size. He closes space quickly and he will, he will surprise you with his ability to juke a defender in a phone booth or an open space. And I think that's really important. Sometimes on the highlight reels, we only really see, right, when a player does this super nasty juke or this super nasty spin move in open field one-on-one and they work past the guy. But when you can make a defender bite with a misstep, right, in between the tackle box, that could be the difference between three yards and eight yards. And that's huge. And Zach Charbonnet has the ability to do that. He's a tenacious runner. He will throw a stiff arm without regard for the defender's ego. I mean, he is almost willing to throw that stiff arm a little bit too much. But here it is, folks. I love this trait with backs. He displays near elite, hate to use the E word, but near elite contact balance. I mean, you you watch his tape, multiple examples of him breaking three plus tackles in a game. He fights forward through the end of runs. He's an excellent goal line back projection. Now, a lot of folks talk about that 2021 LSU tape, right? And it is there. That was when you could start doing victory laps as a sharp truth. It was early season. LSU is still thought to be this really kind of prime, prime opponent. Turns out that maybe they weren't as strong last year, but still a really talented defense filled with a lot of high prospects, high star recruits, right? But go and watch if you really want to get hype about Sharp. Go and watch the 2021 USC tape. I mean, that is when you are seeing him drag defenders forward, absolutely work guys over. That's a fun tape review, right? So, again, he's there's strength there. There's contact balance. There's explosiveness. There's athleticism. There's a lot to like with Zach Charbonnet. So, I'm not sitting here and telling you that you need to like Zach Charbonnet more than Sean Tucker, right? But I think he needs to be in that conversation. I think folks need to stop writing him off. And we'll see what happens when we get to the season. Maybe six months from now, this looks like an absolutely, you know, ridiculous conversation. Maybe I look like I am, you know, holding on as a truth or too long. Or maybe six months from now, Charbonnet is a near tier one back, right? Not He's not going to be in the Bijan Robinson level, but maybe in six months, he's in the Zach Evans and Jameer Gibbs level, right? Maybe. I'm not saying he will be. Maybe Sean Tucker's there. Maybe he's not. Either way, I think those two backs should be viewed kind of similar in value, right? So from the three guys we've talked about, I feel like Bijan is leaps and bounds above anybody we're going to talk about here from the running back position, uh, at least on this episode. And then Sharp and Tucker, should, and for me, should be pretty close together. And then there's somebody who's going to be a step down, but still a sneaky, interesting player. And I want to talk about Tavion Thompson, the running back here out of Utah. Now, he's got a little bit of an interesting journey. Tavion Thompson, he's a three-star recruit, 410 national. He was the 18th running back in his class, and he was the 13th overall player out of the state of Ohio. Very talented recruiting base there coming out of Ohio in the 2018 class. Now, I know there's a lot of folks just from the analytics brain that are already turned off. They don't want to listen to any more because I just said the 2018 recruiting class. But hang with me here, if only for an exercise, all right? Now, he ends up committing to Cincinnati originally in his recruiting process, despite receiving 33 offers. And those offers included Ohio State, 
which was his kind of, you know, childhood favorite team. It included Oklahoma, but he couldn't end up enrolling in those because of his grades, right? So kind of the, the backstory is the Buckeyes, the Sooners, they wanted him to go down that Juco route, didn't want to do it. So he goes to Cincinnati, right? And he has a fairly successful first couple seasons. In his rookie season in 2018, his freshman season in 2018, 89 rushing attempts, 499 yards, six touchdowns. That's a pretty good, you know, almost one to one touchdown per game as a as a true freshman. 2019, that goes down. He only plays in four games, 40 attempts, 190, and a touchdown. Ends up getting slapped with that red shirt, right? And Tavian Thompson at that point in time decides to hit the transfer portal ends up not really getting the bites that he thought he was going to get and goes to Independence Community College. Yes, from last chance you. He's a JUCO prospect, bounces back from JUCO, lands with Utah, the Utah Utes for the 2021 season. And folks, that journey paid off for him. 204 rushing attempts, 1,108 rushing yards. That's 5.4 a rush. And hold on, sit down for this one. All right, he played in 13 games. Remember this, 21 rushing touchdowns. That's nearly two touchdowns a game. Now, I will say, this is what's concerning in his stat book. All right, through three seasons, he's got four receptions. Let's hope we see more. We'll get into that. Let's hope we see more for him uh, heading into uh, the 2022 season, but let's talk a little bit about what he was able to do and do very well. He's a power back. He has the potential to rapidly ascend in fantasy football value. Now, right now, I also plug him into that day two late range. That one, I'm not as confident in. It would not surprise me if he was more of a round four or five guy, but I'm projecting Tavian Thompson to gain momentum here through the 2022 season. He's a strong back. He powers through the tackles to consistently gain yardage. He has excellent contact balance. Bringing him down consistently requires three Pac-12 defenders, all right? He's a decisive runner, a decisive runner. That is an adjective I like to give. He pounces on open holes for significant gains, and he is not afraid to put his head down and scrap out three yards on a blown-up play. And I know that doesn't sound like the fanciest thing here, especially folks thinking about fantasy football, three yards. What is that going to get me? I think that's a really strong trait, right? The amount of backs, especially at the college level, that get caught up in, you know, the play's kind of blown up and they're trying to, to you know, juke somebody or be more elusive than they really are. I think Tavian Thompson understands who he is, right? And I think there's something positive about being willing to, to throw your head down and just smash into a guy, get a few extra yards out of a play, right? So instead of losing two plays or two yards on first down and second and 12 for your team, all of a sudden, it's second and seven, right? And it feels a lot more manageable. Now, he's not going to blow anybody away with his 40-yard dash time, but he does have good pop-off line of scrimmage. He has a moderate level of acceleration through the second level of the field. And he has some sneaky elusiveness in tight space. Sneaky elusiveness, right? He shows the ability to sidestep defenders. He can squeeze through small holes, burst through the other side, and again, get that gain right? So again, in 2022, I want to see him used more in the passing game. Otherwise, I think he's going to be profiled as a purely two down back. And if he's profiled as a purely two down back, it may be difficult for him to capture that, that day two draft capital, right? Or it may not, right? You look at a guy like Tyrion Davis-Price who snuck into day two, right? 
But I guess if you took that, <laughs> I mean, you could you could extend that theory to pretty much anybody, right? And I'm not knocking TDP, but you know, not somebody we would have projected as a as a late second round, uh, late third round selection, I should say. So it'll be interesting to see with Tavian Thomas. Of course, it'll be interesting once we get to combine season to see what he runs and where his speed matches up at. But I wanted to throw him in here. I don't want to be somebody who just reads off the top guys, right? And certainly with summer scouting, you kind of have to set a limit with how many guys you're going to watch, right? And But I wanted to get Tavian Thompson in there because I think he's a sneaky Debbie value. All right. So before we finish things up here, I want to point out, I talked about four guys. These aren't my top four guys. These aren't the top four guys ranked on the rookie big board. We'll get to four more running backs in next week's episode, but I want to encourage folks here. If you have not already, check it out. Try it out. Patreon.com slash the FF educator access to the 2023 rookie big boards here. Still reading off the scouting reports. By the way, we haven't finished forgotten about the 2022 rookie class. Still have access to my rankings there. We'll talk about them as things pop up there uh, with mini camps and all that good stuff. We'll talk about some rookie reports. Access to Devian Dynasty rankings, some consensus rankings from six different analysts, some uh, personalized uh, rankings from myself. You get access to a super active Discord, personalized advice. Folks, 2022 NFL season projections, most of this available for just $3 a month. If you are listening to an episode about the 2023 running backs and summer scouting, I'm telling you, this is the community for you. As always, I appreciate you checking out this episode of the Rookie Big